Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Special thanks to John Milkey at Blast Podcast for helping me get the technical side of things running smoothly as we record from independent locations in the world of social distancing. Missing the Extension Marketing Studios where I'm typically face-to-face with many of my guests, but great to see them via the screen as well. So, do you trust your intuition? How connected are you with your mind, body, soul? Can you sense a person's good vibes, a welcoming environment when you enter a home? Or on the other hand, have you ever walked into a room in which maybe a fight had just occurred and felt a really dense energy that makes you want to leave right away? We're talking energy today, in addition to many other things. Energy healing is a holistic practice that activates the body's subtle energy systems to remove blocks. By breaking these energetic blocks, the body's inherent ability to heal itself is stimulated. There are many ways people approach energy healing. Acupuncture, Reiki, even massage have the energy component to it. I've also timed this podcast with the new moon approaching this week. The new moon is a time for new beginnings and for those tapped into and ready to accept the energy of a new moon, which brings fresh perspectives, improved clarity, a sense of renewal and rebirth. We are going through a major shift in the world right now, pivoting, changing, evolving in so many aspects of our life. Jessica Keats is an international energy healer, specializing in awakening who a person truly is and helping remove what's in their way from becoming their true self. Jessica is renowned for healing limiting beliefs, fears, and past traumas so her clients improve physically and emotionally while reaching new heights professionally. I am so excited to get her perspective on what is happening around us and how we as individuals can adapt. So Jessica, great to see you here. So excited. I'm really excited to be here with you too, Leanne. Okay. And I'm going to be totally upfront and totally honest. Like I have actually had the opportunity to be with you one-on-one in a room where I, I just, I felt there was a bit like a, of a magical experience. It didn't feel magical. It just felt like there was, there was a really special energy or communication going on between the two of us. Is that, is that fair to say kind of thing? Yeah, that is fair to say. So there is this very special, um, this presence that is happening between us when both of our souls get together and start working in unison to help, help each other evolve. Okay, so evolve, that's probably like one of the critical words I think I want to use throughout the course of this conversation. And I don't know if I explained what you do as best as I as I could, or how you tend to define what it is that you do, because I'm sure people, you know, you meet people in a room and you have a business side to you as well. But how do you go about telling people exactly what it is that you do? It is always different. Because... <laughs> Because as you're aware, Leanne, everyone is different and they understand things differently. So every time I explain what I do, it's always unique. Um, So today, what I'm going to say is that I meet someone where they're at. I and I hear exactly what is in their way of being them. So who are they and then what is in their way? And then from there, it's like I can have a conversation with them, like so spirit to spirit and say, would it be okay if we let that go? Like, would that be okay? And this is maybe a different way that you can think about that. Um, And then from there, the person is making a choice, right? Their spirit's making a choice to let go of something that has been holding them back. That's a lot to ask of an individual who maybe isn't thinking that way or for you to talk about their spirit or their soul, like right off the bat, they might just be like, yeah, this is way woohoo. I just I can't even accept this part. So this isn't going to work. This isn't for me. And I'm sure you have that block from people right away. 
Yes. So I can usually tell that block even before we start talking. So sometimes I don't want to tell them what it is that I do because (laughs) I know that there is a block there. Um, So I can feel it right away. And and that's okay because I also was blocked at one time. I, I also knew very little about this sphere. And I also felt very like, um, like it was woohoo or bad or, um, you know, just not for me. So, so I, I remember being there. And, and I think that that's an okay place to be as well. Okay, let me ask that because I find it fascinating to, to see how people have this gift or have this sense of understanding or see the world or feel the world in a different perspective. And it's not necessarily that you're like, you know it immediately when you're born and it's something that you carry with you your whole life, right? Or, you know, it's like the sixth sense and it's like, I see dead people. This isn't what we're really talking about in that in that way. And it's not like you're sitting there with a crystal ball and it's like moving and shaking and the room shaking and, you know, there's things happening around you. When did you first or feel something was different with you or that others weren't experiencing the same situation or awareness as you were? I think I was very young, actually. I had a sense of knowing. So I I think we do know to some extent um, who we are and what we're capable of at a very young age. And that is maybe where we start to for some of us, run away from it, right? Or think, oh, the people around me are not like this. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hide. I'm going to be what the people around me are so that I can fit in. Um, So I did know uh, that I had a knowing and I knew other people didn't. (laughs) So, and I knew that I wasn't always supposed to share it, right? Like I, I had that kind of understanding very young. That and, and that you weren't supposed to share it, like you knew something about someone or you knew information that you wouldn't be privy to know. Was it like that kind of stuff? Yes, like that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. at what age do you realize that it's something you shouldn't be knowing? Um, I think it's the, the type of thing that you're finding out, right? That maybe that's not... You, you feel like maybe that isn't the information that you should know, like when somebody is um, going to be passing away or um, getting close to death or when, you know, someone's pregnant, but they haven't told anybody yet, right? Like these, this information that's really not, you feel like it's not yours to know or to share, right? So it's okay maybe if you know it or you're picking up on it, but it's not okay to share it or to... Um, to uh, and also too, you you have this sense of like, I don't want to be wrong. So I'm I'm sure that's probably held me back a lot more because I really like to be right. <laughs> so so I wasn't gonna share it. I'd almost see if this thing actually occurred that I was feeling or knowing, and that would prove me right or wrong to myself. Right. right. So yeah. it was almost like you could play little games with yourself. You could sense something prior to, and you would wait to see if things actually occurred or what you had thought about was had happened. Right. Is that right? Yeah. And to be able to have the self, the, the validation etern- internally that, of what was going on. At what, like what age was this happening at? Uh, I probably couldn't tell you an exact age, but I would say like, I, I'm more cognizant of it, probably getting close to that preteen, teenage era where, you know, you have a sense of, I particularly like to have a sense of what was going to happen to me. It was a way that I maintained control in a very um, ever-changing sort of environment that I was in as a child. So, knowing what my future held was very important to me. And so I kind of focused a lot of energy using this gift in that way. So for most times, it would be me having a sense of what would happen for me and then proving that right. Sometimes it would be just me picking up on things um, from other people that, that I'm coming into contact with. You weren't picking lottery numbers in hopes of getting the lottery win, right? No. (laughs) It just doesn't work. It didn't work that way. But I remember in reading a lot of your story, though, this was something that 
I think, as you were mentioning, we all have blocks that it seemed as you got older. And I know that they talk about it in our youth. We're so much more open to our spiritual side. And then as we get older, just things just get piled on. Did you feel feel like you lost it for a while or it wasn't something that you turned to the same way? Yeah, I feel like as I got into my older teens and then into like I became a young mom. So I was a mom at 19, really focusing on, um, you know, survival, I guess, you know, being a single mom and um, having a child. So there was a long time where I didn't really um, tap into it. I, I I always kind of had a knowing for myself, but I wasn't, and then you have your like mother's intuition. So you have that kind of knowing for your child. But other than that, I would say that that was probably maybe a a blank, blank time for me. Yeah. Blank. Like (laughs) by blank, I'm picturing that there was just, there was no connection. Yes. Like it was almost like darkness, right? You were just living as you thought you were supposed to be living. And there wasn't this enlightened part to you. For sure. That's about it. Like it was just the ins and outs of daily life. You know, you're focused on, you're focused on different things. You're focused on work. You're focused on getting a meal on the table. You're focused on making sure, you know, everything's running right. There isn't any time to be, or there wasn't then. Okay. And, well, there, de- there definitely is now. So let me go through the, when, how did, how did it reemerge for you? Or was there an incident? Was there something that triggered for you that enabled you to open it back up? Because you've opened it back up and with like a floodgate, it seems, you know, as it hit again. It didn't come as a floodgate. I'll stop you there. It was maybe a trickle. So I started um, teaching yoga. I had been, you know, I'd been doing fitness instructing. I moved into yoga things started to kind of trickle in or knowing um, of this or that. And then um, it wasn't until I started working with people one-on-one. So when I became a yoga therapist, that's when things really started to ramp up because, and even at that time, I was actually starting to let go of a lot of my own, um, my own, you know, trip ups or, you know, Uh, traumas that I was starting to let them go or they were at least like peeling up and so there was room for me to um, feel more and to sense more and to be present more and as that happened then my intuition continued to grow and pick up but it was a little bit at a time until I was comfortable and then it was a floodgate so there it's you do it. There it is this moment trickle, right? Okay. Yeah. So what was the moment to go from a trickle into things just like I use that word, right? I use the floodgate. So yeah. what was it? What was that factor? I think it was when I wanted to hear. So be previous to this, I would feel something and then I'd be interpreting what I was feeling. Um, I use a sense of asking kind of yes or no questions and body testing to figure out, you know, whether I was on the right track or not um, when I was working with my clients. And then I really, I wanted, actually, I wanted to see, but hearing seemed to be like one step on the way. <laughs> so, and previously, like I have a brain that doesn't see pictures when I think. So that is actually like, so for me to be able to see what was happening, that is a long journey. Um, and so I guess hearing was like the middle way point on that. And when I, because I honestly thought it would be like hearing I mean, even with seeing, I thought it would be like seeing everything or hearing everything or all of a sudden now, like I see dead people or I, you know, hear ghosts or like I I was really worried. And so when I trusted um, finally and I got to a place where I didn't have the worries anymore, that was when when I started to hear that was when the floodgate opened. Okay, what do you mean when you say when you started to hear? I hope you don't mind me asking that question, but I think I think people are kind of going, okay, what exactly does she mean? Yeah, um, because I was worried I'd hear voices. And I think some people might. I think that is possible. Uh, For me, it's like another train of thought. So I have, I can tell my train of thought and I can tell when there's another train of thought. And there's also like a, 
a sensation, a feeling to it. It's um, it has a pulse or like an electricity that mine does not have, right? So it's and it's not my words. So um, that's that's what I mean. So it's this hearing, but when you said that you can't, your brain doesn't picture your thoughts. Yeah. Is that is that common? I mean, like for most of us, we can close our eyes and visualize and see things. Doesn't it's not the same way with you? No. And it is it. it I don't know how common or uncommon it is, but there are other people like me. That is like a thing. I don't remember what the term is, but for me, I don't I didn't previously picture things. Um, I actually thought things through. So I remembered a lot like, and that was maybe part of, uh, for me, it was part of like some of my tension or some of my need for control. Right. So I'd need to remember a lot of things or a lot of facts about something in order to recall it. Um, and now I am able to actually uh, perceive more, sometimes picture, but more perceive. Um, even when I'm thinking about something, actually, now I can actually perceive it or get a visual of it, which is different. Okay. So let me ask you are you walking down the street and you can kind of walk by people and think something or hear something? Like, where? where does it actually happen? You know, do you have to kind of set yourself into an intention? Like, okay, now I'm going to open up the floodgates or like, cause I find that's the fascinating part is like when you can tune into it and tune out to it, or if it's just always kind of there. I think it's always there. I think we as humans tune in or tune out or shut down or open up. Um, for me, I, I, go about and I actually want to be in in it. I want to be in flow. I want to hear what's happening. Um, And not for any reasons that I probably used to want to hear it, like to to remain in control. I don't I don't have that anymore. I I'm just open to it. Let's say that I'm open to hearing. And so when something is needed for me to hear I hear it and that could happen anywhere that I could be I could be at home I could be out on the street I could be at a networking event I could be it doesn't I could be learning something in a training and all of a sudden I'll hear the thing that is needed for me to hear at that time is it necessarily for you to hear it for somebody else like have you been in a situation where you hear things and it's not necessarily for you but it's for an individual Um, or a feeling or a sense for somebody else? Sometimes. So sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, um, a particular word or series of words will need to be used um, to describe something or to give emphasis to something. Um, Or I'll hear, oh, yeah, oh, it's like that. Oh, okay. So we're talking about something. We're in a conversation and we have an idea of what something is, but it's oh, no, it's actually like that. So we then talk about how it could be like that, like a different way. Okay. Does that make sense? So I, <laughs> yeah. well, it, it makes sense to me, probably because as and I will think a lot of people know, as I've been doing this podcast, I think through the meditation and through just becoming, I think, definitely more spiritual myself, I've become more open. And I can sense the difference between when my mind is just like, in a meditative state and I'm, I'm free a little bit or when I have an energy circulating through me. And it was really the energy forces that I was starting to feel around me, especially if it was a good day. Like I could feel this positive vibe. And then I could also start to recognize when I had a low vibration and a low energy. And I think that's what kind of really got me interested in this work and to understand it. So the thing is, is when we're talking about energy and and kind of the focus that I wanted to hit on with this podcast, like where does energy fall into play in this? Because what you have for your intuition and how you connect with different souls, you know, or another person, is it all being created through energy? Like, how does that work? Yes, it's all energy. I mean, we are all energy. Everything that is created on the earth is has an energy or a vibration to it. And so it's it's being able to step into that space and hear what's there for you to hear or see what's there for you to see or feel what's there for you to feel. Just like you described, um, walking into a room, that's an energy that's there. And you can either feel like it 
it raises you up, right? So you are now increased and you feel, you know, better, powerful, happier, whatever the feeling is, or you can notice how it ra- it pulls you down and it makes you heavy and makes you feel stuck. Um, and that's, that's all energy. Where would you say the energy is of the world right now? I mean, we are in a very different time, a very different experience, uncertainty, unknown, discomfort, like, is, do you, do you feel a different energy? What do you, what do you sense from this? So we have like the energy of the world or the universe, and then we have the energy of the people, right? So those are two different things, um, and they impact each other. So the energy of the people right now, um, like in particular, I can feel like when this started, there was a lot of panic and you could feel that. And then you can now feel that there's there's sadness and then sometimes there's anger and then there's sometimes back to panic. And then there's like, there's like, there's a mix of emotions right now. And I think that there's also this um, peacefulness that's coming in or this allowance because sometimes peacefulness happens when we start allowing, we, we stop resisting what is happening and we just go, okay, I'm, I'm in alignment with it. I understand where we are and, um, and we start to allow. And so, so there's a bit of that right now too. Um, and then I think we're moving in as we get into this um, new lunar cycle. So as we hit the new moon, we're going to move into even that growing uh, sense of allowance or peacefulness will continue to grow and there'll be less and less of the spikes of um, anger or distrust or um, feelings of, you know, sadness or depression you know, we'll, we'll start to look at what, what does the future hold or what, what is possible right now? So we, we tend to get those feelings of um, panic and anger and, um, you know, essentially grieving, like some sort of grief when we're looking, we keep looking at the things we can't do, right? And then we start to feel that sense of peacefulness or allowance when we begin to look towards what we can do. So what is available? So this was our topic as as we were talking about when we wanted to do this. And you said like right around the new moon is probably the best time, especially for what we're going through. So why was or why is this new moon which, that's approaching this week so critical or or a time for someone to feel or get into an, a different alignment with what is happening around them? I think that it's. I think people will be ready to hear a conversation like this, right? We'll be ready to talk about um, not just energy, but also, um, okay, let's look at what we can do. Let's look at where we can go. Let's look at what can happen rather than, you know, focusing on what we cannot do. And I think that's a pivotal time for us as we move into and move past the grieving period. And for some of us, that will happen at different stages. So some of us moved past the grieving period, the last new moon, right? They were quick. We were quick ones. We were like, okay, we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. Great. This is what we can do. (laughs) Perfect. We moved on, right? So it, and, and those, and those people, they very quickly realized this is something that is occurring. This is something that's happening. It's not necessarily happening to us. So when it's not, when we're not a victim of it, then we can move through the grieving process faster, right? And so this next. Okay. I'm sorry, but wait, I think a lot of people will feel like it's happening to us. Yeah. Like a a lot lot of people people are taking it very personally. Like it affects every single person. It it affects us. It's affecting Mm -hmm. our work, our income, our livelihoods, our, our, you know, participation in things like it's affecting everything. So how could we not say it's not affecting us? That's yeah, it's a good point because it's, while it has an impact on us, it's impacting us in those ways, it doesn't need to affect us. Affect us means that we're internalizing it and then we're reacting to it, right? And and it's not, and that is an appropriate response. And at some point, we do need to move past that response, right? So we do need to move to a place where we are no longer t- internalizing it and making it about 
about us essentially like we're we're able to say okay um this is and for some of us that's coming because they're getting you know they're they're learning how the government is helping them and they're able to access those funds or that help right and for some of us that's happening um because we're realizing that we we have jobs and and we're able to work and we're we're in a place that's that's not like everybody else. And so we don't need to be in this traumatic response, right? And so as we get more, less panic and more cognitive thinking, we'll be able to sort through um, and make, be- make decisions and see what's possible rather than what's happening. And, and that's, it's a very specific distinction, it's also, I think, a distinction between an individual who is opening to listening to this yeah. and one that's not. If, yes. if you're, is that right? Like yeah. you might have lost half of the people by them going, yeah, this, yeah, this doesn't of work course. for me. Yeah, of course. But for someone who does feel like they can open themselves up or be vulnerable in that sense, what would they gain from this or to open or to see, like, I've never really focused on the moons or anything like that or cycles or lunar cycles. I, you know, I hear it on the news. It's the new, and I'm just like, it always went over my head. So yeah. what would be the definition? Like, what to you does it mean when we say there's a new moon or there's a new lunar cycle? What is it shifting in the energy or anything within our worlds? Um, so every time that we have a new moon, we have a chance at a new beginning. So every time we move into, we come to that new beginning, um, we get a new sense of maybe, we get some clarity on something or a new sense of beginning something or um, there's a new opportunity that comes. And then we move through the lunar cycle and we actually can let go. Sometimes we get clarity on something. We're ready to let something go. We understand it's not serving us anymore. We understand that um, we don't need it. So um, we're able to then go through the rest of the lunar cycle, just letting, letting go and then coming back around and finding a new way to be again. So it's like every time there's an opportunity to let go of something and find a new way, which is really beautiful. It's a really beautiful, um, thing to be able to tap into. And it's a very beautiful way to, for us to, um, be able to experience the world in a different way. Now, you're saying this with an openness, and I'm looking at the work that you traditionally do on a day-to-day, and you use the word block. You work with people's blocks. And I'm thinking right now, people are going, I don't know how to let go or to be open to any of this because essentially we are blocked by past experiences, past relationships, past, um, you know, with so many different things, traumas that would have affected us that we are, we feel like we are incapable of letting go or seeing things in a different way. So it's almost like you're, you have this battle between how you're going to release these blocks to be able to appreciate new beginnings. So it's almost like, where do you, like you come in because you help release some of those, the blocks. Is that, is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Um, Also, too, when I'm releasing blocks, I'm suggesting a new way. So I'm giving a new picture of how things could be. And the person decides like, ooh, that looks good. Yeah, I I can get behind that. I would like that to happen. Um, And then they're like, yeah, I guess I really don't need this thing that I'm carrying around anymore. Like, I guess it is maybe done. Um, So, so. There, there's always a scent of something new. And I think that's what helps all of us change, right? And that's, sometimes we get that from healers. Sometimes we get that from, um, you know, we're listening to a podcast. And sometimes we get that from taking a training or listening to an um, inspirational speaker. We, we get a glimpse of something possible and we think, hmm, I would like that. I would like that thing they're talking about or that sense they're giving me. Um, And then we're willing to let go of more stuff, right? Like, Yeah, but sometimes people are are willing, but they feel like they can't. Like, 
they can't or they won't, but it's been it's been part of them for so long. The thought of not having it with them or carrying it with them is almost scarier than letting it go. So how does one work through that? Like, how do you work through that um, with the work that you're doing with people? First, I provide a safe space. So safe space for us to be able to talk about that, right? So there's always something that a um, a trauma or an experience is giving us, right? There's something that from it that it's helping us with something. And when we can start to logically talk about, do we need that help anymore, right? Like that thing, that thing that occurred that gave us this skill set, whatever it is, like for me, it was, you know, I had a lot of trauma as a kid. I had a lot of uh, experiences that were very unexpected, (laughs) unexpected, Um, you know, very stressful. And because of that, I needed control. And that helped me to a certain extent, right? It helped me put my life together. It helped me get through. It helped me, um, you know, be able to deal with stress. It made me, it helped me. And then it didn't help me anymore. And then it actually was starting to um, take its toll on me. And then it was actually blocking me. And then it was like, hmm. And even still, when I realized I had to let go of control to be able to like, be better at my job, I cried. I cried a lot (laughs) because I needed that. I needed the control or I thought I did. And I couldn't see a world where you don't control things. And, And yet control for me was like a feeling of tightness, of stifling, of being heavy and of, you know, always trying. And I did want freedom, though. I did want to, like, let that stuff go. And so it became, like, a bit of a negotiation, like, a back and forth of, like, okay, I'll let a little bit go. And, like, maybe I'll see, you know, a little closer to, like, this idea of being free or even having softness in my tissues and my body and um, peacefulness in my brain. And uh, and then, oh, I did get a little bit more. okay. And I'm safe, right? Like, and nothing, you know, terrible happened. So maybe I'll let go a little bit more of control. And so sometimes it's a, no- a negotiation like that, especially when I work with clients. Do, you, do they sense that you're starting to do a negotiation or can you sense that they're sometimes they're not discussing the full truth because you can see how deep a block is or where a trauma is that they, they haven't yet dealt with or, or haven't started working on letting go? Yeah. Oh, of course. And in fact, I can tell because if we talk about it, even if I just broach the subject, they will never remember that conversation. Right? Like they'll because we don't we won't hear what we're not ready to hear. As human beings, it it will come in and out as fast as it can. And and we won't it won't we won't land on it. So, um yeah, I can tell it's it's this look of like eyes glaze over. Um, they they don't even want to fight on it, right? Like there's not even like a resistance to what I'm saying. It's just a total like, and then they'll switch tracks, right? Well, they'll talk about something else, something they're more comfortable letting go of. And it's interesting because usually that thing that's more comfortable that they're letting, they want to let go of actually has to do with the thing that they don't want to address. <laughs> so so it is for me sometimes why um, people will see me and then there'll be a break, right? So I'm hopeful that during the break, they're going through their own process of um, evolution. You know, there's always, with every moon cycle, there's a chance for something to budge. So there's an opportunity and I'm hopeful or I'm hearing, just give them a bit more time. We'll come back in. We'll see if we can get to the thing that's holding them back. And um, by doing that, uh, I'm not hammering away, right? Like I'm, I'm not, no one wants to be hammered away at and nor do I want to spend energy doing that. So, 
So there's a, a way that you're able to do it in a, in a conversation that you'll realize someone's skimmed over it or they, they, it's in one ear and out the other. And yet there's a sense for you when you when a, a client or someone is, is lying down, the way that you're able to scan a body or to feel s- certain things from the body how does how does that work? And and I'll be honest, like with, like when you and I have worked together, you know, I've felt an energy at like the top of my head, but in reality, you were on the other side of the room, or I thought you were touching. I thought your hands were, you know, at one spot, and it turns out you were a totally different side of my body. Like, how how does that work? How how is that created? Or what are you doing? What I'm not trying to ask for the secret sauce here, but what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> There isn't a secret sauce, really. Um, You're so funny. Um, It's that I'm not the only one there. You're there. So I'm providing something and you're taking it to where it needs to go. So where you feel a sensation of it is where... um, where that lives, whatever we're working on, right? So if it's a, if it's an experience or a way of being that we're working on, you're, you're feeling it exactly where that place is that it's being kept, you know, like where it's being stored inside of us. Um, And you're feeling yourself, you're feeling yourself respond and your, your own body and your own tissues letting go of something and working through something, Right. But I want to repeat the fact that you're not sometimes even touching me. So how am I feeling anything or these sensations? Because (laughs) you're not, there's no, there's oftentimes there's no touch. You're not touching those spots. So why am I feeling it that way? (laughs) So I'm not touching anyone right now because we're social distancing. However, I still work, right? So my spirit goes to and is with your spirit, just like right now, we're, our spirits are hanging out somewhere and they're having their own conversation of what we're talking about. <laughs> and for those, and that's why you can feel it in a lot of different places because you're also, you're feeling yourself, your response to whatever my spirit, my, if you think of my spirit as being the stimulus, you're feeling your response to the stimulus. All right, but some people might not even have that connection that they feel that there's a spirit to to themselves, right? Yeah. Sometimes people have that much of a block that they don't even sense that there's a higher power or anything other than their brain functions. It, you know, pumps blood to the brain, the brain pumps it back, and that's how we function. And yeah. it's for for many people, uh, you you hope that they realize that there's much more to it than that. For All of my clients, they begin to understand there's much more than that. In fact, I would say that's like a prerequisite. They are already coming and they know that there's much more than that. Um, Their experience of me working, it ranges greatly, right? Some people have sensations in the body. Other people do not. Um, Some people see things. Some people do not. Uh, Some people hear things. Some people do not right? Like um, some people's minds race and some people's minds completely quiet down. So, and all of those responses are okay. Like they're, they're appropriate because it's how we're, how we're responding to the stimulus. What's this, what do you consider, I'm going to follow up on this. What do you consider stimulus? So I am, I'm the stimulus, right? Like I'm the one coming and saying, what this thing right here could we maybe could we maybe stop doing this thing <laughs> and and you're saying like uh I don't know let me you know think through all the ways that it helped me and like sort through so the mind starts to race or yeah sure Jessica like I love you you're amazing please take this thing from me I'm just gonna lay here and not think about anything are there times are there times when you start working with a a, a client or and you'll experience things that will bring you down like that that you weren't anticipating coming across or being faced with or kind of realizing that there's much more to something and it would affect you because if it's you as the stimulus do you get that feedback coming back at you 
Um, yeah, so I think I understand what you're asking here. I, so when a person actually is starting to uh, become their truest selves, actually, which is really neat, they their spirit also provides stimulus to me. So there's a, a mutual thing that's beca- becoming possible, um, which is very neat. Um, and I love it. It's, uh, it's like so... It's sometimes I'm working and all of a sudden this person that I'm working with, it's like showing me the truth about something or showing me this or unraveling something in my body that had been stuck, you know? So these are really beautiful moments when the two of us are rising to our fullest potential and bringing our gifts out in the open and, and allowing them to be present together. So on that level, you can have this positive reaction, but can you have also a negative reaction that there's an ability for something to bring it down, like for you to feel a trauma or something uh, like that? You know, when you walk into a room and there was just a fight and you kind of feel like there's a low vibration, do you ever feel on the other side that you can have this low vibration that you see some darkness or things that are affecting other people that way? I think I used to. I used to when I would use the word darkness to um, as a blanket statement over the things I didn't want to look at. Um, now, I, I'd like to say I'm braver or that I can see more things and that I look past this idea of darkness or lightness to see what is actually there. And when those things become real, like even a, like, sure, I feel the sadness of it, or I feel the anger of it, or I feel the, um, the passion that was there. But it's like a fleeting experience, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I have a few, like, that was very sad. And then we move through it. We move through it very quickly. So there isn't a time, but there was in the beginning, sure, because I was learning how to do this, where it would be like almost digging through something. So it would be heavy for a long time, right? Like I'm I'm literally like trying to get in um, and see what's there. But now it's not like that. The fact is, is that now it's expanded more so into places and destinations. Like I know for you that you've traveled quite a bit um, prior to mid-March, that there was a lot of travel, that there was almost like this call to different areas. Like, what was that for you? I mean, I know that you've traveled, but I don't quite understand what what the calling was or why you went to certain places. Um, so I did a lot of traveling and... The first couple of places were um, so like last year I went to uh, I went to Belize with my dad. Actually, he wanted to go to Belize, and I wanted to go to Guatemala. <laughs> so like I could hear Guatemala, and actually, um, in my dream, a big volcano in Guatemala came to me, and I was like, Dad, we have to go to the volcano. Like we have to go across Guatemala. So I really pushed him out of his comfort zone, and we we did that um, because the the going back to Belize for him was you know this return to something he knew and not necessarily something that was going to like push us out of our comfort zones or like, or like help us to evolve. Right. And so, um, everything though, after that trip was all intuitive. So that was kind of the beginning of last year. And, uh, after that, everything was intuitive. It was like, you, I could hear this is the place where you need to go. And this is like sometimes why you would need to go or like a glimpse of why. And then it became very much clearer when I was there. A lot of the trips last year, especially ones that I took by myself, even one in Canada, and then I went to Panama um, by myself was about me learning how to travel alone. Like it was about me getting out of that need to have people around me because it's okay to have people around you and you don't need it right like so you 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 are able to do these things by yourself and um that was really big for me that was a big area of growth last year because previous to that you know you stay in your comfort zone of like needing other people in order to do things but sometimes 
they don't want to do the thing you're doing. Like my husband did not want to go. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going, (laughs) right? Like um, it doesn't stop like other people's um, desire to do it or not do it should not stop you from following the your pull to do to do something right, and so so the, there was a lot of growth that way for me last year. It's interesting because you talk about the pull to want to be able to do something, and I know that professionally you work with a lot of people on professional. Like it's the personal side of growth, but I know that, you know, a lot of people, you're considered like that secret weapon, especially when it comes to professional growth. And is that sometimes that you see the draw of where people are wanting to go similar to like you felt the need that you needed to be in Guatemala, you know, to do something like that or a calling and that often people have these bigger dreams. They have these big, this big picture and the blocks that we talk about, you know, set in and it's about releasing the limiting beliefs or the fear factor or I'm not going to be good enough or I'm not going to get through this to do certain things in their lives that they wouldn't normally do. Yes. So that's part of it. It's part of seeing that there is a bigger potential. So that comes with who their true self is, right? Um, So when we unlock who a true, someone's true self is, then we see the potential of what they could do in the world um, if they were to really live into that. And then we see what stops them from living into it, right? So what is it? Is it a belief pattern? Is it a, is it a trauma? Is it a need for other people? Is it a sense of needing control? What is this thing that's holding them back from it? And, and honestly, once they can be their true selves, their confidence raises up there um they start they start going after what it is they're being called to go after right they have no hesitation they're they're listening to their intuition or their gut and they're they're flying through things and that is why i'm considered to be a secret secret weapon when it comes to professional stuff because um because all of my clients start to excel professionally how many people are living as their true self like in the world (laughs) like honestly like you talk about finding and and getting into someone an individual's true self yeah how many people actually know their true self or live by their true self I mean we can maybe have glimpses of what we want or, or dream about but how difficult is it to really live within that true self um, to live, okay, so there's two questions there. How yeah. many people know? Um, probably very few. Like they might have a glimpse. There's more, I would say there's a, a bigger population that has a glimpse of it or kind of knows, but doesn't want to show up, right? So the people that are actually like know who they are, are showing up in the world, are doing that thing, there's very few of them. Um, and then the the second question that you asked, can you can you just remind me of it right now? Yeah, so it's like, how does one, you know, that they very few people are living by their true self. Yeah, uh, they have glimpses, but how does one is do we know what our true self really is? Like, I thought I knew who my true self was, but I'm learning that it's not who I thought I was. You know, like what questions do we need to be asking ourselves to know whether we are our true self? I think it's more like looking at what is scaring you or where you're stopping yourself because I think those have more clues as to who you truly are because for I think it's more common for us not to want to show up fully in the world. So if it's more common for us to not to want to show up fully in the world, it is easier for us to look at what are we afraid of? Because that could have a clue as to like how we're supposed to be showing up. So for instance, like I, because we want to hide. Like if we, if you assume you're hiding for something, (laughs) 
how you're doing it is going to be more obvious than what it is you're hiding from because you're hiding. You don't want to know. You don't want to show up. So you're not going to know the thing, um, but you are going to know, okay, like I really like to just like sit here and keep coming back to watching Netflix and not really like doing much, much else stuff, right? Like we know the things the way that we're hiding. We know for me, I was like, oh, I want to live in the country, no, I don't want to live in the country. I want to live in a fast place, moving place, and I want to get going. <laughs> like, and so, but I wanted to live in the country like crazy um, before. But that was a way that I was being held back, right? Like, because of course, if you live in the country, not a lot's happening, right? Like, you're not you're not in front of a lot of change happening you're you're it's cool like you're calm and and those are great places to go to like reset but if you're a change maker that's not where you live does that make sense like it's not yeah that totally makes sense and i get that example but what if it's that people feel like they cannot live their true self that they need to live up to other people's expectations or they're living the life that they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. living well i was supposed to this is where i'm supposed to be or this is what people expect of me which i think are very two big drawbacks for people who do feel like they want more something different and they can't they feel they can't yeah those are very good examples right because i think those affect every one of us in some way or another. Oh, this is who I should be. Um, this is who my parents expect me to be. This is who my family expects me to be. Um, but you know inside that that is not in alignment with you. Like there, there is a feeling that you are living a lie, essentially, that you are doing this for other people. You know that to some extent. Um, it's not something that is under, I don't think it's under anyone's level of awareness when you're living to somebody else's idea of what you should be. Um, you may be okay with it, somewhat okay with it, but at some point in time, it becomes a bit of a heavy burden to carry. And for all of us, that's a place that we actually need to let go of. Um, for some of us, it's much easier. And usually we do it with a, we get frustrated and we go like, oh, F it, right? We're like, we're not doing it anymore. I'm not going to live by these rules anymore. I'm out of here. Um, but then we just veer off in like an opposite direction. We missed where we were supposed to go anyways. And we're just trying not to do the thing that we didn't want to do. Um, so for all of us, it's it's finding a way to, to let go of that idea that we need to show up for anyone else other than ourselves. Like when we when we show up to be us, to care for us, to um, put, put put ourselves first, then we will no longer allow someone else to dictate who we are and accept that dictation. Right? Like it's fine if people want to throw ideas our way, but us taking them on, that's us saying no to us. Right. So how does one go about this? Right. So you can be an, as you mentioned, like you work with people that are already kind of have opened their minds to possibility or to understanding that there's a, a something within the universe that has us all moving in certain directions. How would one right now in a place of isolation, of quarantine, of social distancing, you know, of feeling so held back and trapped find in this time a place or an opportunity to be with oneself and to try to feel a spiritual self or to feel a higher self or to feel like you have a spirit guide? Like how how does one start that journey? I actually think that right now is like an opportune time to start this journey because we are way out of the realms of our usual routines. We Everything that we thought we've known has broken down to some extent, right? So for us, like, and if you, t- you flip that, it's like anything is possible then, right? Like everything that we thought we knew is no longer there. So what could happen? What is possible? So I think it's like, this is an opportune time for us to actually tune into ourselves and, and think about, 
um, you know, tapping into our intuition. I think a lot of us are probably, you know, have these gut feelings and this intuition. We even had them coming into this circum, like to this COVID-19 reality. You know, we were, whatever we were doing, you know, like learning a new skill or buying, you know, my husband was buying ginormous rolls of toilet paper. I was like, what are you doing? And it made a lot of sense when there was no more toilet paper left. Like, and so, so some of us, we were already doing it. So I think right now is a really like, as we find, so like the first thing that has to happen, we have to kind of move out of that grief stage and move into what is possible during this stage. And some of us are finding it, you know, we got a lot of do it yourself stuff happening. We got, um, so there is time for us to actually start to look at, okay, how do we broaden our intuition? Um, how do we make sure that when this happens, if this happens again, or if something happens again, or if there is an occurrence in the world, I can trust my intuition rather than fall into panic, right? Because panic doesn't, it doesn't think clearly. Um, intuition has very clear, direct steps of what to do. So when we say trust our intuition, Mm -hmm. what's your take on that? Yes. Yeah. Do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's interesting. What what do you consider intuition? You know, because people will have an intuition about somebody or a feeling or a sense. Like what do you consider intuition to be? It's all of those things. It's also like, um, so it is a feeling or a sense coming from somebody or um, in either direction, right? So either I want to spend more time with them or I don't want to spend more time with them. Or it's um, it's even action steps sometimes. Sometimes it's... Um, Sometimes it's resting. Sometimes it's the intuition is coming. There's like a picture of it. There's like an idea. There's a concept. Um, Sometimes it's coming and um, it's like, it's just like, I need to go for a walk. Like, I don't know why, but I just need to walk, right? Like, it's that. It's like a knowing. And so I would say always trust your intuition because your intuition is actually going to pull you also into evolving. So it's like your intuition is literally where you're at at the moment. It's reflective of that, but it's also like creeping you forward a little bit. Like it's like it's trying to get you in areas where you can evolve and then like move on so that your your intuition evolves as well. And, and it starts to um, move in a direction that is um, more clear, like you can trust it. You can, you know, like there's there's more direction happening. So, yeah. Will people get a feeling of having a different energy? Like when we talk about energy as a whole, like they do people feel a change or a shift in their own personal energy? Yeah, most people feel like they're they're in a good place. Like that's what it's described as. Like they feel good. Like even, um, so for the majority of my clients moving into this COVID-19 experience, especially even the heightened, the beginning first few weeks of the panic idea of it, um, they felt good still. And so they were surprised, right? Why do I feel good? Even some of them that, you know, have small businesses that were feeling this this pressure that they're in, they they had things that some people don't have, which is like faith, trust, a knowing, a, like an understanding of something so much bigger than um, this thing that's happening right in front of them. And so for them, they felt... Um, that they could actually, for some of them, they actually felt like they could show up and be the beacon of light for somebody else, right? Like they could be, they're at a higher enough vibration that they could then show up and help other people get to that point or um, raise their vibration a little bit, like come calm down, come out of this sense of um, like nothing's going right. And, and let's look at what can go right, right now. Right. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, they were able to start to reframe people's realities, which is, uh, which is lovely. Right. So, so I have just like a couple of minutes left. So could you give me like three things? I hate to put you on the spot right now, but like three things or three ways a person can lift their 
spiritual self or be more open or, you know, and I'm not telling people to go get tarot cards or to go for a psychic reading. Like this isn't what we're, we're, this isn't what we're really talking about. And there's a really, there is a difference to all of that. Like there's a calling and a difference for all of these different practices. Yes, there is a difference. So three things that can help them kind of pay attention to maybe their higher self or their intuition. Yeah. Um, So first, set aside time where you can listen, where you're open to listen. So some people use that time as journaling or meditation or a walk, or even when you're on the drive to the grocery store once a week, right? Like use that movement or in the shower, like these times, if you are nearby running water that's moving, walk to it. Um, Because these times where things are moving, it's more likely for you to get a sense or a feeling or a word or, you know, an idea and write those down. So even if it's a journal or even I take my phone with me everywhere I go so that I can just write a note, oh, I heard this or, oh, this idea came to me. Um, So most people are kind of familiar with that. Uh, They can even increase that if they can time it right. So if you can time it between like two, two and six, it's a high time of a lot of movement, energy movement anyways. So if you can time a walk during that time or a drive or a shower or, um, you know, being near running water, even if you have to turn the faucet on, like it can help you to kind of tune in to something. So first making space for that. Um, Second of it, trusting it. So the only way you can build a relationship with your intuition is to hear it and follow it and then feel okay about the, you know, reaction to that or, you know, what did it create? Um, So trusting it and following it. Um, The third thing is, is that be so one one of the things that people do is they they well, they question or doubt their intuition. so that comes back to trusting. So I'm going to lump that in back there because if you are, if you're, if you get the intuitive not nudge, but then you tr- doubt it or second guess it or try to work it through, that you're not trusting it, right? So trust it explicitly. The third thing is don't worry about what occurred behind you. Do not worry about that stuff. If you even feel yourself going backwards then say, nope, I want to go forwards. (laughs) Like, Don't look backwards because when you look backwards, you're just picking apart your own existence. And there's no reason for that. It just is. Whatever happened behind, it just is. I know what we tend to live in regret and what (laughs) ifs and should haves, right? Those are the big ones. What if, should have, you know, that's where we tend to live a lot of the time. Right. In our minds. Yeah, but how much energy are we putting towards doing all of that stuff? Like, what could be possible? What could you create if you were just looking forward and looking at like, okay, what's next? What's next, intuition? Um, I think that that's the third thing, right? So if you can do the first two things, you're strengthening it. The third thing, you're like giving it room to grow and evolve you, right? And then you have an opportunity for for it to take its own different energy and to kind of play with it a little bit, you know, like play, like when you go to see someone for like a Reiki treatment or even through massage or the acupuncture or seeing someone like you, you're, you're shifting, you're moving that energy around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, You will, you'll have, you'll have all sorts of more opportunities. Oh, it's a pretty interesting thing. All right. Did I miss out on anything as I'm like looking at the time going, Oh my gosh, I'm going over. Was there anything that you kind of, that your own intuition, that your own calling, your own spirit guide is saying, get this information. Have I hit on mostly everything? I think you have hit on everything. You are like the questioner, man. You have the rapid fire questions, right? <laughs> so people can find you where. So I should also mention, and I didn't because I didn't want to make this part of it, but you're also like the president of the Women's Business Network. So as as much as you were doing, you've got like this professional side, but through that professional side, being you as a secret weapon with the energy healing. So you're just kind of going, you have like a full circle going. Yes. Yeah. 
And that's all intuitive, right? Like everything that I have done in the last two years is intuitive. So where I am, so that is proof in the pudding. If you can listen to it, you will end up moving in a direction that seems like it is more fitted or suited to you than the direction you've been moving in. I know, but that intuition can be so scary. <laughs> it's like you want it so bad. And then it's just like, oh, my God, no, am I going to get And then you, you find every single excuse not to go there. So we're dropping the excuses. Is that it? Yeah. Drop the excuses. Yeah. yeah. And then and figure out. Well, and how do people figure out the blocks that they have? Like, can they come to that own kind of conclusion themselves or this is really where speaking with someone and going through and even therapy you understand where you're where you're blocked in your thinking or in your emotions and your behavior I think that we all know I mean we may not know all of them but we definitely know some of them right like they're the reason why you're arguing with your spouse or <laughs> they're the reason why you know it's frustrating to be a mom or it's fr- like you're like the way we resist stuff that is happening is actually so telling of what our blocks are. Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. You, you're you telling yourself, you, you should know. You're listening to it. You'll, you, you're, you know the answers a lot yeah. of the time. You take, yeah. If you can take a step back and like look at what's happening rather than be part of what's happening, you'll know. You'll know. Like you'll know even why you, you bought you know, all the toilet paper when this happened, like, you'll know, you'll know what the thing is. Like, I I think this was like a great, like this was, this experience actually probably is showing all of us where we're blocked right now. Like this Mm -hmm. is, this is like, it's like staring us in the face. It's staring. (laughs) Maybe I, I like that. Like maybe for you right now, if you're struggling, if you're, you know, if, there are things and emotions that you're feeling now is almost that perfect time that this is where they're showing up to better. Like it's almost like a a flash, a flash sign, right? It's going like, this is this, these are your blocks. This is why there's the suffering that you're personally, that personal feeling of how this is affecting you. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, where can people find more information? Uh, so they can go to my website, jessicakeats.com. Um, they can follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. They can be connected with me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, they can find me virtually or in person. Yeah, and you're doing a lot of writing too. So like there's lots of different um, places to find more information and to see the work that you've done. Jessica, so great to talk with you. Um, really appreciate it. And, I, and honestly, to be honest, like there's been some beautiful things that have happened from our sessions. We've had two, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah two. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, it's like, I finally opened my eyes and she's like on the other end and I'm like, you were behind me. And she's like, no, I, I wasn't. So it's, it's, I find amazing how that energy really kind of circulates and works. So thank you so much, Jessica. I love the time together. And hopefully I think for people who had that intuition, they stuck through the whole, they, they listened to all of this because they knew deep down this was something that, they needed to hear and and kind of went through it so thank you to all of the listeners and a reminder to please like or share or comment or let people know that this podcast is out there bringing you tons of different information health professionals all under the health and wellness um, kind of topics helping you live a better life have a great day everyone I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.